everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us challenges the other to read a book that we think they'll hate, and then we talk about it. This fortnight, yeah. I challenged Anna to read Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. So first, or first things first, Anna, did you finish the book? I did. I finished it last night. Yay. Yay. I think this is the closest I have come to fulfilling the goal of finding <laughs> a book that you'll hate and I will like. Yeah. Because I didn't yeah. love this book, but I liked a good 80% of it. Yeah, like it wasn't terrible, but the thing about me that our listeners might not know is I don't do emotions. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And this book is emotional. I just, I hate it. There were so many times I almost stopped reading just because of, like, (laughs) secondhand embarrassment, let alone this whole, like, sad sack nature of the entire story. Like, I just can't do it. I prefer to laugh or enjoy. I don't know. I just, I just like to, sad isn't what I'm looking for if I want to enjoy something. I'm not like, oh, I need a good cry. Let me go watch the notebook. Like, no. See, and I'm very much like, I cry at everything. So. Did you cry at this? Actually, no. Okay. Which is weird. Um, <laughs> But I usually like any, any even remotely sad thing I'll start crying at. So I kind of <laughs> assume that I'm going to cry at some point during any book. <laughs> So I don't have a problem with reading sad stuff because I should probably talk to a (laughs) psychologist about that. I don't know. Yeah, I instead of actually just crying, I just avoid. So I think I think (laughs) that's what I do in my real life. But I think in in reading, I'm better at it's easier to consume in pop culture as opposed to in real life where it actually matters. (laughs) <laughs> so I just I just avoid all of it, which is also another very healthy coping mechanism, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this I think was definitely the first time we've had the situation where one of us might have come out unscathed. <laughs> I think more I again eighty percent about eighty percent. I had huge issues with the ending, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, the the majority of this book, I was like, eh, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I think I feel pretty similar. I think there were parts of it that like the end definitely I was like dumb. (laughs) But I think there were parts in between where I was like, this isn't so terrible, I guess. I guess we can we can go into the summary for those that have somehow managed to avoid this book and or movie Mm -hmm. um somehow. Had you seen the movie? I had not. I don't okay. even know if I'd seen a full movie trailer of it, to be honest. Oh. Which... Did you know how it ended before? Mm-mm. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess going into it and knowing I mean, it was can, sad, like it was very kind sad, of you can kind of expect that something terrible is going to happen. Um, I thought, and I can kind of, um, I guess we'll go through this in the summary. Like, I can kind of tell you where I, how I thought it was going to, like, there's a point in the book where there's a chapter in another character's perspective, which I hated, by the way. Oh, so much, so much. <laughs> um, but where... That needed to stop. <laughs> where that character just kind of drops a line um, that is a bit of a, like a, what are they called? A cliffhanger? Mm. And I was like, oh, so this is the part where 
the end happens and then mm-hmm. we see the rest of it's just going to be the fallout from that but yeah um it kept going <laughs> <laughs> as as seems to be a theme with a lot of the books we read for this yeah. podcast it kept going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay so if you haven't seen the movie or read the book um the main character of this story is Louisa. Louisa? Louisa? Lou? She goes Louis- by Lou. Louisa, I think. Louisa, okay. Louisa Clark, she's like one of those quirky girls where she, mm. you know, dresses outside of the box and she's just real chatty Kathy and brightens up people's day, but she's a little bit plain looking, but she's got big tatas, so I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the story starts with her having just lost her job at the cafe she'd been working at for the past six or seven years. Like it'd been a long time. And she, this is a pretty big deal because her family kind of relies on her salary to help them stay Mm -hmm. afloat because her parents are having some financial difficulties. Her mom doesn't work. And the dad is like constantly stressed out that he'll lose his job, which as we learn later is probably a sensible thing to be stressed out about because he loses his job. And <laughs> and Lou's younger sister and younger sister's son both live with the three of them as well. And so it's just like a full house and not a lot of the people four are of working. Them. Well, no, Lou... Three of them. No, four of them. Because Grandpa. Oh, and Grandpa. Yeah, I forgot about Grandpa. Because yeah, really, yeah, yeah. why was he even in the story? So dumb. It, be, to make a point at the end, which was... Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the grandpa the grandpa has had a stroke recently and is recovering from that so the mom has to stay at home and take care of yes the grandpa um yes yes oh that's yeah i didn't even like put that together that that's why oh that's why she acted <laughs> you didn't, that way you didn't put that together that there was like two references to it in the entire book <laughs> listen and then they try to use it to make a big point at the end <laughs> Uh yeah, I was totally disinterested in anything that happened at Louis Louisa's home. Oh, totally. Like, it was totally. <laughs> and were they were they meant to be really mean or is that just like British? Cuz I feel like <laughs> like my family is really mean to each other, but yes. I thought they were so over the top. I was like, are they supposed to be abusive to her? Is this ever yeah, going to be addressed? It was like they never they never cut Lou any slack. It was always no. like, "Hey guys, why aren't you working fatty?" Yeah. Like <laughs> I was like, all right. All right. Well, you, neither are you, but okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and Lou also has a boyfriend who doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Who is played by Neville Longbottom in the movie. Shut up. Yeah, which makes the entire movie completely unbelievable because why would you ever pick anyone over Neville Longbottom? Well, I mean, I mean come Finnick. On. Come on. Nope. Nope. Well, nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. But it's not like. It's not Neville, though. It's, like, douchey athlete guy. Yeah, but Will's personality is equally terrible. That's also so. true. <laughs> but he's in a wheelchair, Emily, so you can't say that. I can and I will. <laughs> yeah, Will's a dick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lou has to go to the job agency to figure out what she's going to do with her life. And she works a series of very strange jobs, including working overnight at like a chicken factory Mm -hmm. like i don't know just taking apart chickens for sale i don't know at one point the job person tries to get her to work as a stripper which is not 
Is that a thing? Again, like Britain, what's going on over there? <laughs> please, please fill us in. Is this if you went to a job agency and you had would they be act- like, do you want to be a stripper? Yeah, because because that would <laughs> that would as not- far as I know not happen in the U.S. I would like to. Like, I would like to meet the recruiter who is in charge yeah. of finding strippers for different gentlemen's right. clubs. That would be a very interesting job, I'm sure. Like, you go to the interview, right? But you're not really supposed to, like, hire someone based on their looks. But you kind of also, like... Right. Hmm. <laughs> and how do you... Look, you're a desperate girl and you're cute. Why don't you come work on the pole? <laughs> Just Which, I mean, like... Nothing wrong no. with stripping if that's, you know, not your all livelihood, shit but the money. recruiter aspect of it makes it really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like he took, he like, he looked at Louisa and he's like, there's nothing I can do for you. Right. You should just become a stripper. <laughs> Very strange situation. Let us know if that is actually what happens um, <laughs> over there across the pond. So basically, this job as as Will's caretaker is the last thing available to her after stripper. Even was this job as well? She turns down stripper. She's like, no. (laughs) So she's basically she goes to interview for this job with Will's mother, Mrs. Trainer. I think I don't remember what her first name is. We'll call her Mama T. (laughs) Megan. No, Megan Trainer. Oh, I was like, no, you dummy. It was Megan. That's not a posh enough name. Megan. Megan. <laughs> well, Megan Markle now. She's going to be a princess. Oh, so now it's true. like a posh name by that's law true. of England. That's how it works over there, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> you have like a checklist, right? <laughs> what was that? Oh, yeah. So she's hired basically to cheer up Will because he's already got someone that does the medical stuff. So she's just a companion, basically. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, is her family supposed to be super shitty? Because she goes home and she tells her parents what her job is going to be. And they start, like, ragging on Will immediately. Yes, they're like, <laughs> it's gross. It is, so, it is so disturbing. Let me find let me find this, this section of things that they say about him. Because, like, I had to go back and look. I was like, when was this story supposed to take place? Because it's 2009 um, in the world Okay, of here's the book. thing. It's 2009, but it's not because at the beginning of this, I asked that same question. Mm-hmm. When was this supposed to take place? Not because of any of the sexual harassment and um, weird attitudes towards the disabled, but because one of the jobs she works at is at McDonald's. They don't say it's McDonald's, but it's very clear mm-hmm. it's McDonald's. And she talks about giving away a Sleeping Beauty Happy Meal toy. <laughs> and I'm like, so I was very suspicious and I was yeah. like, that cannot be correct. This must be just nonsense. So I looked up every Happy Meal toy oh my God, ever <laughs> made. And in 2002, there was a Disney, 100 Years of Disney uh-huh. Happy Meal, something like that. Or not 100 Years, 100 Movies. Um, so they, I think, had a Sleeping Beauty at that point. So I was like, ah, so this happens in 2002. But it doesn't. It happens in 2009. And Jojo Moyes did not do the appropriate Happy Meal research for this book. Gosh, strike this book from the records. I can't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) What should it have been? What were the Happy Meal toys of 2009, Em? The Happy Meal 2009 toys. What? Oh, um, Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh, God. I remember that movie. Yeah. 
some strawberry shortcake stuff. Anyway. Oh. This is, well, this see, is not what this look, podcast is. Look, that took you is. like two seconds to look up. Come on, Jojo Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sleeping beauty. <laughs> and, and, okay, so she makes point of saying like, oh yeah, I also think sleeping beauty is the best one. Why? Why? Why do Why? you think Everyone that? knows sleeping beauty That's is the worst. That's a poor decision. Here's the thing. I love, I'm a huge Disney nerd, mm-hmm. both movies and parks. I love Sleeping Beauty in terms of like the movie and mm-hmm. the style, but Sleeping Beauty the character is a basic bitch and yeah. no one care- no one likes her. We just like She's it for Maleficent. Favorite. Right, come on. Yeah. Big black and purple dragon. Duh. <laughs> so so anyway, they're questioning they're <laughs> She goes on to tell her family about this. We've covered a lot of things that don't yeah. have anything to do with this book. <laughs> Just probably for the better. <laughs> uh, so they're asking they're asking Lou questions about Will, who I don't know if we mentioned that that's his name. His name is Will, the guy in the wheelchair that mm-hmm. is a dick. Um, <laughs> and first of all, they call him the crippled man. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> And then someone in the family mentions that Lou will end up spending more time with him than she will with her boyfriend, Patrick. Mm -hmm. But then her dad says, at least she won't have to worry about the old sexual harassment, eh? Probably the best boss you could find for your girlfriend, eh, Patrick? Like, oh my god, this guy's a quadriplegic, first of all. (laughs) And then her mom asks, you know, I was thinking, will you have to learn sign language? Why? Why would you... But uh, there's just a lot of dumb questions that they ask. I think Lou's mom is the type of woman that if she finds out someone is blind, will talk to them very loudly and slowly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She's exactly that woman. (laughs) And then they all make fun of Stephen Hawking, which like rude. Yeah. And then and then her sister goes, I think it would freak me out if he talked through one of those voices, voice boxes. Can you imagine? Get me a drink of water. She mimicked. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Right. Have you learned no human decency? But that's the thing. It's not just her family who behaves this way. It's everyone Will comes in contact with, except for the one woman at the wedding. Right. Um, Like, everybody else. And I mean, like, I get that that's probably, to some extent, true, that people have negative and lacking in like have reactions that are lacking in understanding when they see people with disabilities Mm -hmm. like that's obviously true but it's literally every single character except for one including lou like she constantly oh my gosh she like is horrified by the idea of having to possibly deal with um having to wipe his butt when she like first gets hired mm-hmm. like that she'll have she's to like deal with that bodily function she's so obsessed with it yeah. why are you so worried about that <laughs> they already said you didn't have to do it stop worrying about it <laughs> oh Ugh. god and then yeah she just like she stresses out about every single aspect of will's disability and then like and literally almost all of the issues could be solved with either her asking Will mm-hmm. or her reading the medical documents she was given. On the first day of work. Right. Like if she had paid oh the God. barest amount of attention, a lot of mistakes could have been avoided. <laughs> or just like a quick Google, which mm. again, this is 2009, but Lou doesn't know how to use a computer, which is a plot point that comes up later. Like it's not just a funny like, ha, I'm not a computer person. It's a legit, like, she goes to the library and learns how to use a computer in 2009. 
which I don't know. Maybe this is my privilege speaking through, like, I have always grown up with a computer. Well, in an ar- and to be clear, but she's not, it's not 2009 and she's 88. It's 2009 and she's 26. Yes. Like- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not asking her to make, like, a huge leap here, but maybe right. we are. Maybe she's never seen one before. I don't know. So... <laughs> So she goes to work, her first day of work, she goes to meet Will, who is, Will Trainer is um, a quadriplegic. I guess he has a, I don't know the terms and um, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with the language that would be used to describe what his injury was, but that he has some sort of spinal injury between the C4 and 5. Yeah. Yeah. Plates, discs, what is, spinal cords, vertebrae that too between the c4 and five vertebrae i think yeah Mm -hmm. so sorry (laughs) forgive me i wasn't reading this book very closely (laughs) so this renders him completely incapable of movement and sensation from like his chest down right of love yeah and capable of love and human decency (laughs) 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 i think he can like move one of his arms kind of he he can move his hands but he can't grasp very well Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't think he can move his arms and he can't move any of his lower extremities right right and he in um before his freak accident where i think he was just like in it's very confusing they give a prologue of will the accident yeah of the accident but basically it just reads like he got out of a taxi saw something really quickly moving towards him walked out into the street to see what it was and then got hit by it. <laughs> I don't remember that being the description at all. Okay, because I read it like three <laughs> or four on. times. Let me go back to <laughs> this I just prologue. Skim that. <laughs> it was very confusing to me. I had to read it several times before I was just like, I mm, pass. <laughs> it says he glances up at the screeching sound. So he gets out. Of, he gets out of the taxi. Glances well, up at the screeching. He's getting into the taxi. I thought he like he has. He's not. Okay. He's not gone anywhere yet. He's getting into a taxi. Okay, so he sees the side of the glossy black taxi in front of him, the driver mm-hmm. already winding down his window, and at the edge of his field of vision, something he can't quite make out, something coming toward him at an impossible speed. He turns toward it, and in that split second, he realizes that he's in its path, that there is no way he's going to be able to get out of its way. Okay, so, okay, I just... I guess I misread that. He turns toward it. I, in he my mind, imagine the- Will saw something and was like, huzzah, and oh, ran to the street that? to be hit like by a, it. Like a dumb golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, Which, I mean, much. I can see where you would get that impression of Will from the rest of this book. Yeah, but- yeah. So he gets hit by this thing, and we never, re- we never get to know, like... I thought it was a motorcycle, wasn't it? Probably. That sounds so. about right. I don't know. Did do we? They never explain what happened to the driver of the motorcycle. Do we think he just died? Oh, he's unimportant. <laughs> he doesn't matter. <laughs> Lou's not in love with him, so he doesn't matter. He doesn't exist. He served his purpose to destroy Will's <laughs> body. So Will is all like, understandably, having a very difficult time with this transition from sure. like playboy thrill seeker to quadriplegic and i think his by the time we come across him in the story his accident was about two years ago mm-hmm. and he's turned into a reclusive shut-in in that time lou meets him and he's very cold to her and mean to her and she immediately wants to quit her job but her sister convinces her to stay because she, lou was actually only hired on a six-month contract um 
and she's getting paid way more than she would have been making at any other of the minimum wage jobs she was eligible for, and the family could really use the money. So she says, okay, I'll stick it out for the family, and we'll see how this goes. So she spends most of her days just, like, cleaning his house and making making tea. tea. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess putting DVDs in his DVD player, um, turning on the music. Basically, Will has asked her not to interact with him at all. (laughs) I think there's a line where he says, my mother tells me you're very chatty. Can you make it a point to be unchatty with me? (laughs) Uh, Which, okay, sure. But it all kind of starts to change when one day Will's ex-girlfriend and his ex-best friend come to visit him and they tell him that they kind of bonded over their sorrow of Will's um, accident and, you know, struggling to deal with all of that and they've fallen in love and they're getting married. And Will is, like, understandably, like, very angry about this. Okay, okay. Um, But they... Will and this girl had been dating for six months. And he's Mm, acting like, I mean, yeah, it's upsetting, but you guys have been dating. You weren't, I I don't know. I thought you weren't engaged. They weren't engaged. They weren't even really that long term. It, it's, you know, like it's implied that he's a bit of a playboy and is out and about with various girls. So, I mean, like, Mm -hmm. get over it, dude. Like, yeah. And I guess like, I have to question, they, they said they wanted, they wanted them they wanted to go to Will and tell him themselves, and they weren't looking for his blessing, but they thought it'd be respectful right. if he heard it from them, and blah, 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 blah. But, like, they hadn't been in contact with him for months before that. Well, if so, Will treated them the way he treats everyone else, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in contact with him either. Cause yeah, yeah. he's sad and bitter, and... Which, I mean, like, it's understandable, but at the same time, it's like, it's not your girlfriend of six months' job to... To stay with to you stay forever, with you forever just because you were yeah. in an accident. Like, I don't... Yeah. Hashtag Alicia did nothing wrong. Alicia did nothing wrong. <laughs> Rupert, on the other hand, I don't know. Eh. That's his best friend. That's a little bit. That's crossing maybe a line. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so Will is mad and he goes into his room and he, like, destroys all his pictures of his previous... Uh, I hate to say, like, his previous life, but... His, his previous lifestyle, I guess, um, and including pictures of him and Alicia together. And Lou goes in there and, like, tries to He's clean like, oh, it up. And, let me clean up this glass. <laughs> let me glue these frames back let me together. fix the thing that you just They're, broke very obviously for a reason. And, like, here's the thing. I know Lou comes from, like, a family that's not so well off, but Will's family is rich as shit. Right. So I'd be like, <laughs> let's just get some more dollar, dollar picture frames right. from the Dollar Tree. Like... <laughs> um and so then they kind of have like a little understanding between the two of them grow from that day because Lou's like stop being mean to me I just need the money from this job and Will's like oh okay and then they they become friends from that conversation I don't know <laughs> so um some time passes and Lou learns that Will is planning on ending his life. Which she learns um, from eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I forgot about that part. No, Will's sister, Georgina, comes for a visit and is all pissed off at Will. And Louisa doesn't understand why until she overhears 
Will's sister and mother talking about this plot for Will to end up committing suicide at the end of assisted suicide at the end of the six month period. For which essentially he had tried to commit suicide earlier, and Mm -hmm. upon discovering this, his mother made a deal with him that he would stay alive and not try to commit suicide for six months, and that she would help him with the assisted suicide. They would go to Switzerland. Was it Switzerland? Yes. Switzerland Mm -hmm. to Dignitas, the clinic that does assisted suicides. Mm -hmm. And Georgina is like, how could you agree to this? And Louisa overhears the whole thing. Yes. But Georgina's reasonings for being mad at Will for this is because it'll make the family look bad as opposed to like, I want you to have something to live for, brother. I want you to be able to enjoy what life you have and Which, to spend time with you with it. But instead, she's just like, I can't believe he's going to drag our name through the dirt like this. Well, there's a couple things here. Number one, like the context of this book, which was written in response to an actual case of assisted suicide where the family got a lot of attention for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what she is writing in response to on a character level. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really understand Georgina's motives. Yeah. In this, but I mean, I think again, there's a lot of backstory from Will's side that we don't really get. We get mm-hmm. everything about Lou, but her stupid family, we don't really get like what the family dynamic was like entirely during that time. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. She was, very strange as a character. Yeah, another one of those characters. I was like, did she really need to be in this book? Like, She was mainly a plot just device. Just to prove a point. Yeah. yeah, again, just kind of like a soundboard for someone's opinion. Just like Granddad right. was. Right. Um, so Louisa thinks about quitting her job again for the second time, but Mrs. Trainer convinces Lisa to stay on because the whole point of hiring someone like her was to get Will to change his mind about wanting to end his life. Which is terrible, by the way, that this woman hired a young girl or a young woman to Mm -hmm. work for her to do a very specific task and Mm -hmm. didn't tell her what that task was, number one. And B, that it's a task that's like, Putting someone on suicide so watch, you need much. to know that you're on suicide watch. Yes, yes. That is so much responsibility right. for one person to take on. Right. And just to do the job correctly, she needs to know what the job is. Like, what? Yes. Like, at this point, they were just doing the same old stuff that he- they were already doing, which I don't think was bringing Will much comfort to begin with. Right. So, yeah, there were a lot of important details left out of this job contract. <laughs> I think at that point she would have been in the, within her rights to be like to leave if she wanted. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm not familiar with uh, British employment law. I know it is slightly different than Americans, so mm. maybe you don't have to disclose. That yeah, maybe you don't have to tell people what the job what is. The what job actually is that they're doing. <laughs> Louisa goes to the library to learn how to use a computer so she can look up excursions for quadriplegics to take part in to show him that life is worth living and he can still, you know, find enjoyment and fulfillment in doing these more, like, thrill-seeking experiences that he was having previously in his life. And she makes a little calendar and everything, and she's basically just, like, planning 
a field trip every day, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and she gets involved in these message boards and starts talking to people about their experiences and getting opinions on what is right and what's wrong. And so she decides that for their first excursion, they're going to go to uh, the racetrack to watch the horse races, which goes terribly. <laughs> <laughs> because So they drive to the racetrack. And Lou has Lou has not done any research on like handicap accessibility. Lou or is not interested in doing this job correctly, even once she knows what the job is. It, yeah, exactly. She's she's just kind of winging it. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> so they go to this racetrack. The parking lot is basically a grass field, and it had been raining, so it's hard to push his chair through the grass. And ah. Uh, they get there and they watch like a crap ton of races but it turns out will doesn't even like horses so he was really (laughs) pissed off the whole time and then they want to go to lunch at the at the restaurant at the racetrack but it's only reserved for people who bought a certain tier of badge to get in which they didn't and so lou tries to wheedle weasel a table out of the server by like using will as an excuse I was like, girl, Which, you're being so gross right now. Yes. She's like, oh, like, this, my friend my here friend just is so needs- hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like, And Will's over there like, I eat two crackers a day. I don't really need this food. Like, it's fine. And yeah, she's like, no, we have to eat here. I have never been to a restaurant before. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, this seems like it might be a little bit more about you than Will, but okay. Definitely. Yeah, she definitely wanted that full experience. And <laughs> it was just not meant to be. Um, And so they kind of get into a big fight about it. But then over the course of the book, they have a few more outings that are more successful, including a concert that he makes her go to because she's like i'm not a classical music fan and he's like oh i bet you are and so they go and listen to classical music and she cries at the concert and and um just like a bunch of outings and shit and personally i find that trope gross of especially guys because it's usually guys being like Mm -hmm. oh i know you say you don't like this thing but you just haven't learned to experience it yet yeah it's like (laughs) fuck off man like if i don't want to listen to a bunch of violins creaking at me for two and a half hours (laughs) i don't want to listen to it like leave me alone maybe like give me the cd first so i can decide what i spend the whole night doing it like yeah, I mean, a concert's not for everyone. I totally get that, especially a classical music concert. Like, I mean, I had to sit through a lot of classical music concerts um, because I used to play viola in, like, middle mm. and early high school. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of have an aversion to them just because of that, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Those traumatizing Right, experience. right. Because, of course, everybody <laughs> in middle and early high school is terrible at playing instruments. Middle school orchestras especially are very terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if you took um, her to a middle school orchestra? <laughs> one of my great friends is performing tonight, and it's like a nine-year-old with a fiddle. <laughs> he got us free tickets, <laughs> and they're like, "There, he's in his tux. She's in her fancy red gown, and this like mom PTA mom in like a a sweater, like an argyle sweater comes up. Like, oh, <laughs> which sweater vest? Which one's yours?" Season? And Will's like, don't you know I can't have sex? <laughs> None of these children can be mine. Life I can't lead now. I'll never have a child. <laughs> it's like, Will, calm down. Simply explain 
I'm just here to support my nine-year-old friend. <laughs> We're just friends. Um. <laughs> um, and this kind of like leads into the next plot point I think to bring up is that throughout all this Will is like very almost like disgusted with the boring life that Lou leads because she's never yes. been out of the country she's never really left the small town where she was raised and and to be fair she is very boring but she's like happy in her boring yeah but she likes it yeah Right. And so he's like, like, not everybody needs to go out and do 8 million things. Some people like to stay at home, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. But he's like, no, you're wasting your potential. Yes, that's the thing. He like guilts her into it, but he's like, look at me. I'm just, I get so mad looking at you and seeing all the things you can still do that I used to be able to do. I'm a lifeless husk, even though I'm still alive. <laughs> you are full of potential. Like Unlimited potential. <laughs> I'm like, Will, join a wheelchair basketball league. Like, what are you doing? What is the issue? Yes. Please stop. Go eat sushi. I don't, whatever right. it is like, that there you are options. To do. Like, come on. <sighs> so. No, I just want to watch my nine-year-old friend and yell at you about <laughs> your The height of culture. <laughs> Louisa. You do not understand what you are missing out on. So many nine-year-olds and their fiddles of various sizes. There's the baby fiddle, the big boy fiddle, the stand-up fiddle, the the little fiddle that's slightly larger than the other little fiddle. Sometimes I call it the alto fiddle. Uh. (laughs) Will was just so cultured, you guys. You just don't even know. So... And I guess, like, the reason Lou has lived such a boring life um, is because she had an experience where she um, was getting drunk with some friends in her early 20s and had too much to drink and was stoned and um, went with this group of men that she had just met. Her and her friends all went with this group of men, just met into the, um, they, they live, they live in a town with a castle. And the castle has a maze. And they all went and they snuck into the maze. And all her female friends left her there by herself. Which? <clears throat> uh, shitty. Yeah, they're not friends. Um, well, not even shitty, but like, I don't know, unrealistic, I felt. Like, I was like, really? Like, y'all so wasted you're going to leave your drunk-ass friend yeah, with like a group of... Yeah, you peaced out? Do, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, and it was weird because like, I don't know... It was kind of framed like it was intentional or malicious almost because yeah, of how Lou like they reacted were... to it. But why? 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 Yeah, they're not clear. Yeah. Not clear. So um, she had a traumatic experience that resulted. I'm sure you can guess what happened. Um, and this is the cause of her not being able to be the live as full of a life as she would have otherwise wanted. Which this plot point was so shoehorned in mm-hmm. that it was not even in the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as far as I remember, well, yeah. It, it is so pointless because she's like, yeah, well, I I had been planning a trip to Australia with that group of female friends and it's the next day I canceled my ticket and I've never left the country since. But like, Okay, one, at the beginning of the book. This happened in the country, though. Why? Yeah. <laughs> what do you Why have against you Australia? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And then also, too, she like she planned this trip at the very beginning of the book. She and Patrick have a trip planned out of the country that she has to yeah. cancel because she lost her job, which, OK, that I, that's a fair reason. You're not going to have any money, but you already bought the plane ticket and Patrick offered to, like, cover your share of the rest. And of she's expenses. planning to go to the to Patrick's. um at first, she's planning yes. to go to his yeah. marathon, which is, like, in Norway or something. Yeah, she was so, planning to go help support him in his So she obviously running. doesn't have an actual aversion to leaving the country. Like, yeah, she just, like, would rather spend a Friday night at home reading a book than jumping off a cliff. It just seems I don't... like this happened to her, and she dealt with it six years ago, and has moved on, and is living her life. Mm-hmm. And then Will comes at her and is like, you're so you have so much potential you must why have you not tapped into this potential and she's like i don't know i was raped or something yeah like <laughs> like she's like trying to justify it but it's like why? why you don't number one you don't need to justify it and number two i don't see how the two things are connected exactly and you know the book is trying to make this point of like enjoy the life you have because others is it is it trying I to make think that point? So. I think so. I think it's trying to say if you're an able-bodied person, right, you should be right. out there doing able-bodied things. But if you're not an able-bodied person, you should kill yourself. Yes. Yes. This that that Is was essentially the whole yeah. The message I got from this book, uh-huh. which like <laughs> fuck you. But what it really turned into was if you're a cute girl, even a disabled man can get you to change your entire personality. You are so weak-willed. <laughs> like, I think I think that's what actually also was was portrayed here. <clears throat> oh man, she did it all for Will because she loved Will, not because not because she had she any learned a lesson from she, him she didn't want to do any of this stuff. i mean i guess she had fun doing the stuff so maybe then she like realized oh i can scuba I, dive i can go watch a middle school concert <laughs> by myself be a good... next time <laughs> <laughs> in my ball gown <laughs> uh, it was a dumb point but anyway <laughs> but we move but on we move on to find out what happens will under Lou's ministrations, opens up enough to agree to go to his ex-girlfriend's wedding. Oh, also, have we raised the point that at this point, Lou has essentially become in cahoots with Will's mother? Like, oh, they're... I don't think we... Plotting, like, yeah, because, like, his parents are bankrolling all of yeah. this. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's In order to try to secretly convince Will to want to live. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of weird power dynamics going on here, and a lot of lying. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Will's mom is basically like, I don't care what it costs, just get it done. And and, and it can be seen, as, and, and Will's sister definitely takes it as a Lou is taking advantage of that fact. And mm. just living this life that she wants to live. Just partying it up. Yeah, and taking Will along with her as an excuse, which, if that were the case, we'd just leave Will at home. He's kind of ruining everything. <laughs> I mean, with his personality, not like, God, that's not really terrible. No, I meant like with his really shitty personality where all he does is complain about everything, as opposed to like. Unless it's a thing that he already likes, oh, and then he's like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, but the, the only times that happens is when it's something he's planned. So Will decides to take Lou as his kind of date, kind of caretaker. Mm, unclear. To the wedding of his ex-girlfriend and ex-best friend, where 
even though Will has to face a lot of characters from his past, they end up having a pretty decent time because he finds one other woman there that talks to him like a regular person as opposed to talking down to him or just straight up avoiding him. And the only reason she is able to do so is that she used to work as a disability rights advocate. Mm, mm -hmm. So in this world, no one can properly interact with a disabled person unless they've been professionally trained to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is shitty. Unless they've been exposed to them in the past. Right. (laughs) Right. Like... Come on. For real? Ugh. And everyone else is just like sitting there like, hey, hey look at the man in the wheelchair. Hey, hey. Like, <laughs> what, what a, are you what doing? What a Quasimodo. Ah. <laughs> like, uh, what, and, and like, okay, I get that this is kind of like supposed to be a high society wedding. And so there might be some assholes that do that. You can't, but you you can't, can't tell me, though, that there is not some 90-year-old baron in a wheelchair Who's rolling up to that wedding? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no one else. Like, they get there and and they have to ask the bride to find a wheelchair ramp. Like, right? What? Like it's it's like no one has ever heard of wheelchairs before. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, what's with the building regulations where no one has like handicap accessibility anywhere in two thousand nine? I mean, I don't know because I know it is again like Britain and they're they're so you quirky guys. over there. Um, because they. I think they say something about like the castle or whatever mm-hmm. not having proper wheelchair access because it's old or whatever. Oh. And so I think like because of the historical value of stuff, sometimes they don't have to comply with because it would ruin the beauty of the history. Yeah, I see. right, which, which is okay, whatever you know. And everything <laughs> in the U.S. is like twenty years old or whatever, so like, they don't care. Yeah, Put so ramps like, on everything. Fuck it. Add a Walmart to it. Who cares? <laughs> Oh, this building's only two floors needs an elevator <laughs> literally the only old buildings we have we have imported from other places yeah. like we have a castle near where i live that someone moved here from <laughs> Which, another country can we talk about stone how by stone. arduous of a task that was for Insane. loveland castle oh sure i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't say the name of don't it don't so like, don't know where you live but like <laughs> oh man totally worth but (laughs) and what happens at this wedding they get super drunk and they get all flirty and Lou wants to dance with will so she takes him out on the dance floor and sits in his lap and he spins in circles which okay (laughs) okay okay okay, it's cute i guess i don't know i but like she's drunk and he's going in circles girl's gonna be throwing up in a second like (laughs) she's really drunk she didn't know and again, maybe this is me being a snob, didn't know that a Pims was alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And oh so my she God. had like three of them in a row. We don't have we don't have Pims here, really. Yeah, it's not a huge but, popular drink here, but But like obviously that was alcoholic. I was so confused when she's like, oh, wait, this has alcohol yeah. in it, but it has fruit. So I'm like, bitch, <laughs> have you never had a sangria? <laughs> Like, you can't tell me that when you and your your 20-something friends were hanging out pre-assault, you know, that you guys weren't having sangrias at some point. Come on, that's bullshit. You drank every fruity drink under the sun at that age. Come on. Come on. (laughs) What what kind of logical leap is that to say, oh, if it has fruit, it must not have alcohol. What does she think wine is? (laughs) And she's just like, huh, this is some weird grape juice. So Will's like, let's just get a hotel tonight so you can drink all you want. 
And so they do. They spend the night in a hotel and nothing happens. Except that Will gets a massive infection. Yes, but, and this is a huge but, <laughs> Will tells Lou not to worry about replacing the tubes on his catheter both the night after the wedding and the next morning because she's drunk. And understandably, like, Will's healthcare person, dude, is very upset with her when they come back. Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. He's super sick afterwards. <laughs> Didn't want to ruin Lou's good time, I guess. After the success of the wedding, Lou thinks that Will is kind of turning a new leaf and maybe he's starting to realize that life is worth living. So she wants to plan this huge trip abroad to show Will that being a quadriplegic can be fun. Um, they're going, she plans like this two week long trip to California where there is a ranch specifically designed for people with various disabilities and handicaps. And the cherry on top of it all is that she's going to take him skydiving because they have skydiving for people in wheelchairs in California only. <laughs> There's nowhere else. <laughs> uh, this is very powerful technology. We must limit its scope. <laughs> we will. Strap his legs down so his knees don't hit his face. It's revolutionary technology. Only in California are they doing it. I mean, I guess it might not be so much that other places don't have the technology as much as it is. Other places probably aren't um, really worried about where, like on the list of things that people with disabilities mm-hmm. are concerned about in their day-to-day lives, probably... Will I get to go skydiving today? Isn't really that high <laughs> yeah, up there. Yeah, and and I guess if it had to have been anywhere, it probably would have been California. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> love you, California. <laughs> then we get this, and and like we quite we kind of mentioned earlier, there is like maybe three or four chapters where it's told from another character's first person point of view. Mm-hmm. So we get one from Will's mom, I think, is the first yeah. one, and then the first one his. Uh, nurse Nathan. Nathan, yeah, and then this chapter is told from the point of view of his dad, who was cheating on his mother and was planning on leaving the mother until Will had his accident. Um, which what what again? Can we? Why does that can matter? We talk though? about this for a second, <laughs> right? Like he's like, well, as long as Will's alive, I can't leave. Why? 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 Yeah. Like what? Why not? What's the issue? I don't understand how you being divorced or married has any impact on you caring for your disabled son. Yes, and and it's so stupid because they all know that the dad is carrying on this affair. Every character knows. Right. No one does anything about it. And the only well, and in fact, he'd probably be better at caring for his disabled son if he was divorced he, and wasn't yeah. sneaking around, which isn't very sneaky, with this woman. Because at some points, he's supposed to be in the mm-hmm. house so that Lou can call him and like ask him questions. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, runs off to fuck this woman. Yeah, yeah. So like, the just divorce your wife and marry this other woman and then you guys can take care of will on weekends or something Joint i don't know custody. who cares <laughs> right like it it would anything would be better than the situation you've created for no reason yes yeah and literally again no reason for this i mean there could have been any other like there's enough tension i'm sure between a married couple in this situation that you didn't need to add in the fact that he was having an affair right um but i'm kind of biased because again that's another plot point i hate is i hate when an affair is like a big part of a story. I just think it's so stupid. I hate it. 
<laughs> so many things I just had to like stop watching or reading because I was like, this is this is dumb. Just have a conversation and break up with the other person. I was like, it's so fucking stupid. I hate. Anyway, <laughs> there's never any reason to ever cheat on anybody. You're just too scared to have a conversation. Anyway, anyway, for real this time. So we get this chapter as <laughs> a point of view from his dad. He's talking to the mistress and he's like kind of. He's like, on the one hand, I'm glad Will's getting, like, might not commit suicide or want to have this assisted suicide performed, um, because that means my on son gets to stay hand. alive, but on the other hand, that means I can never leave my wife or my mistress, because Will will still be alive. <laughs> like, this is, this was what, what the whole chapter was about, and then the end of the chapter ends with the line, um, but then Will got pneumonia, um, which is the point. I was like, oh, great. So he got pneumonia and died. And that's, and that's, it. that's the, end the end of the book. Yeah. And then the rest of this is just like how Lou is dealing with that fact. Right. Um, Which <clears throat> would not be the best ending in the mm-hmm. world, but would at least be better than the ending that we get. Yes. Because like many of the other things in this book, Will having pneumonia made zero difference to the plot because guess what? Right. They had to cancel the first trip to California, but she just plans another one for when he feels better. <laughs> like, well, but it's not to California. It's to like a beach that's yeah. relaxing and they don't have skydiving. <clears throat> and that ends up being a better trip anyway. Yes. Which, why was any of that necessary? Just make that be the first trip that she planned. Exactly. There was just all this, like, tension in the book for no reason. Oh, it made me so mad. <laughs> just so mad. Just like... Good, good. <laughs> um, so, Will has pneumonia, but he gets over it. And so they go on another trip. We could have cut out that whole 40 pages of the book. They plan a second trip to, I, and Wikipedia tells me it's pronounced Mauritius, which is an island nation in the Indian Ocean, which I learned about today (laughs) um and they hang out on the beach for 10 days and have a real good time getting tan watching nathan the nurse do sports um sitting in the pool drinking fruity tropical drinks which lou lou learned could contain alcohol (laughs) alcohol, (laughs) will is just expanding her horizons left and right um and on the last night there lou confesses to will that she loves him and that's the end of the book. And that's, yep. And that's the it. End of the book. The that's end. That's how it ended. A little abrupt, but you know what? <laughs> I it, it tied everything off. Everything was good. And that's it. We're done. We can move on to our next book. So what book would you like to challenge <laughs> me with next week, Anna? <laughs> but no, the book kept going. <laughs> oh, man. Will is like super flattered, I guess would be the best way to say it. He's like, wow, you can't believe what that makes me feel like knowing I could have been an I was an asshole to you but you still fell in love with me like literally <laughs> well, I'm not I joking must be hot. I'm not joking <laughs> I wish I were joking <laughs> but also and also I still want to die and <laughs> your love is not enough yeah I'm sorry yeah so Lou's all like I can't believe I'm not enough for you I can't believe oh and, and then he's also like and I want you to be there with me in Switzerland which no which Like, absolutely not. That's a huge thing to ask of someone. This is the thing. Um, Will just expects way too much of these women who he knows for six months. Yes. Yeah, six months is a real trigger for Will. breaks. I I mean, I don't know. And and this whole time, like, 
Lou's, no, not Lou's mom. Will's mom has been giving Lou a hard time because Lou has been like doing things like moving in with her boyfriend and planning trips with her boyfriend. And it's just like, can you be a little bit more respective to my son, Will, and stop living your life while he's still alive? Um, What was she thinking was the situation? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> was she like, because, and here's the other thing. They bring this up a few times. This is another way in which this book was disappointing. They bring this up a few mm-hmm. times that Louisa doesn't know what Will is capable of sexually. Um, and Will is like very down about the fact that he can't be sexual anymore. Um, and that's like never addressed. Like nobody at any point is like, hey, Maybe you can't get your dick up, but there's, like, other stuff we could do. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I don't know. That just bothered me that that it was this very, um, like, neutered romance. And I'm just like, he can still be involved in sex. Like, you guys yeah. need to be a little more creative here. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's even something he says, like, in Lou's love confession, where he says, like, mm-hmm. I can't be enough for you. You have no idea the things I want to do with you right now and just am not able to. And, like, as it's part like, of the reason why he can't be with her in the long term, other than the fact that he's going to be dead. Well, right. Number one. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of a idea in culture that people who are disabled are sexless mm-hmm. essentially which is not true right and it bothered me that they didn't address that that they just kind of reinforced that idea well this is just a very surface novel explore surface level exploration of someone with a handicap right and this book got well more the movie than the book but the book got some of it too got a lot of flack for it's present it's presentation of people with disability and for the most part i agree with all of those critiques mm-hmm. and i think the the problem with this book is that it could have ended one of two ways mm-hmm. right it could have ended with will's death mm-hmm. either through suicide or pneumonia or whatever <laughs> or it could have ended with them getting together or him deciding not to die right. essentially mm-hmm. even if they didn't end up together so because the question is built around whether or not Will will die, whether or not Will will choose to die, there's not really a good option for an ending here because if Will lives, then the storyline then becomes man chooses to live because of magic pixie girl influence, yeah, right? right? Whereas if Will chooses to die, he becomes the manic pixie boy. So neither of those is good. Mm-hmm. Um she went, uh, spoiler alert, we're getting there, but spoiler alert, Will's gonna die. Yeah. Um, she went with the Manic Pixie Boy version. Will teaches Lou to live a full life mm-hmm. and then, you know, zips on out of this, shuffles on off this mor- mortal <laughs> coil. But, like, good that this is still Lou's story, that Lou doesn't become a point of hope for someone else. Mm-hmm. But then, boo, because... Now, Will is this point of hope and more of a symbol than a person. Like, his yeah. wants and desires don't really matter at all in this book. Right. It's just what he can teach Lou. Mm-hmm. And that's gross. Yeah, especially because <laughs> he ends up, when he when he dies, he leaves her enough money to and instructions yes. on what to do with that money. Yes. Which is... Mm. Yeah. 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 If we're going to go with this thread of 
Will being mad that all of his decisions are being taken away from him. Like, kind of doing... He does that... Kind of doing Yeah, that he too. does the same thing. <laughs> Which, again, gets into the whole power dynamic of, like... There, this whole relationship is fucked up. This relationship yeah. shouldn't have happened. There's way too... It, they're way too codependent too on each other. Is right. the thing. Like, he's her employer in some ways, except he's not. He's... He's... Her charge. Yeah. So she's got the power, but then he can get her fired... But then he has more money, so he's able to pay for the things that they do and able to control her life post-death. Yeah. But then he's in a wheelchair, so she has physical control over him, which incidentally, once she's once he's like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship, I'm still going to die, He she abandons him on the beach. Yes! Like, what the fuck? She abandons him on the beach, and then when they're flying home, she refuses to interact with him, and she's supposed to be, like, feeding him and stuff. Yes, yes. Which, Which there is another person there with them, but right. But still, still, it's pretty rude. Gross. It's pretty gross. It's pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's such a weird. It's like you said, just a weird, weird power dynamic. I that's uncomfortable on several levels, and even upon his death, still is still going to play out in her life for years and years right. and years to come. Because right. how do you? First of all, how do well, you get over the guy who not only died in this tragic manner, but also is like paying for you to live this life. I believe you can find out by reading no. the sequels. No, there are sequels. No. <laughs> There's two sequels. I thought those were it's completely a trilogy. separate. Nope. Not at all. Nope. Related. It's a trilogy. It's a trilogy. Oh my God. <laughs> and I tried to find like a synopsis of, first off, can I share with you? This is the synopsis of the second book given on Wikipedia mm-hmm. sounds like it was written by someone who English was like their eighth language <gasps> and they're doing a really good job of it, uh-huh. but it just doesn't, it just doesn't sound, let me, let okay, me okay. find it real quick. Cause it's I thought, I really... knew she had come out with other books, but I, I genuinely thought they yeah. were all well, separate standalones. This wasn't her first book either. Oh, this was, what was her first yeah, book? Yeah, no, this was not her first book. Um, I know she had a book called Ship of Brides, which I think was before uh, this one. Um, oh, God, yeah, I see here now. Let me see real quick. She has... Me before you. Sheltering Rain, Foreign Fruit, The Peacock Emporium, The Ship of Brides, Silver Bay, Night Music, The Horse Dancer, The Last Letter from Your Lover, and then Me Before You. So she was like an established author before, which shows this is well written. I don't think anybody's debating that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But this is the synopsis of After You, which is the second book. It continues the story on Louisa Clark after Will's death. She is trying to move on. She was so convinced by his motivation to change, so she moved to London and got a job in a coffee shop in the airport. She enrolls in a moving on circle in a church and lies to everyone and tells them Will's name was Bill. One night she decides to go up the roof go up the roof of her building to sit alone when someone from behind her talks to her she panics and falls off the roof what? she breaks many bones and takes so much time to heal after she gets well lily will's daughter gets in contact with her what? and she wants to know everything about yeah everything about her deceased father who she didn't existed until he passed away lily wants <laughs> to get to know her grandparents so she moves with louisa she hates living with her mother stepfather and her half brothers meanwhile louisa gets to know sam he is the uncle of one of the boys in her moving on circle also he is one of the ambulance drivers that helped save her life as she gets to know him a new love story begins to grow in her life nathan gets in contact with her and offers her a job in the usa she interviews for this job and gets accepted it is such a hard decision for louisa so she had just started to fall for Sam. Wow. That's the Wow. Story. Well, I was, so well thankfully like, I don't have to read that. 
Yeah, so that's like the second book. And then I think the third book just came out recently. And yes, here's... I have not been able to find a full synopsis of that, but it involves a Will lookalike oh, as the new love interest, except presumably able-bodied. So I'm sure I would hate it a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, well, here, I'm reading the first sentence of the synopsis on Goodreads. Louisa Clark arrives in New York ready to start a new life, confident that she can embrace this new adventure and keep her relationship with ambulance sam alive across several thousand miles yeah ambulance sam (laughs) yeah so it goes a lot of directions after this i guess uh yeah i don't know about all this Mm. okay well that's disappointing (laughs) oh gosh so yeah you can you can find out how her life goes after this if you want by reading the next two yeah write in and tell us how it all was (laughs) we're super interested and again like i liked most of this book um as much as i just shat all over it (laughs) up until the ending which again the ending there's no way to do a good ending for the book that's presented Mm -hmm. here um it's either gonna be ableist or sexist yeah you like there's no way to get around it she Um, she set it up in a way that she was kind of doomed to those two snakes like there could have been so many other directions this took but Right. And I think even like the earlier issues with the people being super shitty toward disabled people Mm -hmm. could have been resolved if this had gone in the opposite direction and Will lived and people, I don't know, like learned not to be shitty to him, but that doesn't happen. So as a result, the earlier stuff is even more terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, and I guess we should probably say like what the ending was. Oh, yeah. Maybe. So Lou returns home and she officially quits her job after threatening to several times before. Um, Doesn't talk to Will for several days. The day of his appointment in Switzerland comes and goes. But at the end of the day, um, Will's mom calls Lou and says, he really needs you here. Get on. I've booked the last flight for you. Leaving from there to Switzerland. Be here. Or be square, I guess. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So she goes and she's like, oh, actually, you know what? I somehow had an epiphany about Will's desire to end his own life at a time of his own choosing. I will go out there and I'll support him. And they have, like, this reunion that's, I guess, really sad for some people to read. Um, (laughs) Even I was over it at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, Lou's mom gets really upset that Lou goes to support this because at the end she like reveals to everyone why she was working so hard and blah, why she's so sad and blah, 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 blah. And Lou's mom just like completely loses her shit and says, if you leave this house to go be with him in Switzerland right now, you can never return. And so Lou's like, okay, bye. <laughs> nothing good was here anyway yeah really this place i was sleeping in a closet um (laughs) and then will dies and leaves her a bunch of money and here's the thing again i don't think the conclusion that this book draws that will should be allowed to make his own choices Mm -hmm. regarding his life or death is incorrect i i agree with the premise that even if we disagree with Will's choice, he should be allowed to make mm-hmm. it. The problem is that this book does not exist in a vacuum. And with representation of the disabled community being so freaking low, having this be the book slash movie that is, oh, here's a disabled love story. The conclusion is the guy decides to kill himself because he doesn't want to be disabled is really shitty. Yeah. 
And there are obviously people who feel that way. But when the dominant cultural narrative is already, it is worse to be disabled than dead. I don't think we need another story that promotes yeah. that yeah. narrative, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just gross. <laughs> yeah. Like if there were if there were 20 other books and movies that came out at the same time that was about a romance between a cute quirky girl and a disabled guy and this one happened to end with him deciding to uh commit assisted suicide i'd be like that's fine obviously this is reflecting the lived experience of some people um but that's not the case this is pretty much the only book i can think of that is about a romance between a severely disabled person and an able body individual yeah and the fact that it ends this way is gross yeah 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 like the only the only book (laughs) that i could even think of that came close was a book about it wasn't even a romance book it was a young adult novel called like uh the universe versus alex woods um which is a young adult novel in which a young man befriends an older gentleman who comes down with a some form of terminal illness and decides instead of you know withering away from this disease he just he wants to go and go to switzerland and uh commit assisted suicide um, and and so it's it's a little bit of a different angle on it, but kind of also dealt with the same issues. Like this should be something that he chooses. Like he shouldn't be beholden to a life he doesn't want to live because other people want him to. Like he should be allowed right. to choose. But also, like there was not a romance. So <laughs> and also, if I'm understanding correctly, that was about a person with a terminal illness that was yes. going to die soon. Anyway. Yes, not about. And someone again, I'm who... not saying. Will shouldn't have had the choice. I'm just saying that I don't find this narrative particularly useful or compelling. Yes, you know, like it's I like mm-hmm. it's like we've already been inundated with this idea that if you become disabled, like what is your life even? Mm-hmm. It's pointless. Like, mm-hmm. which is a shitty and untrue thing, like cultural belief that I think is still really ingrained, which is why I think people have like a big kind of the sort of the sort of reactions that people have to will in this book of pity and fear Mm -hmm. are because people have that belief that a disabled life is one that is not worth living in the same way that an abled life is and seeing will is a reminder that this could happen to them yes so i think this book correctly identifies that tension and fear but then its ultimate point is at least for will that assumption is correct Mm -hmm. that his life is not worth living anymore or at least he does not find worth in his own life yes because he can't do the same things that he did when he was able-bodied yes which Which, he was living quite the full life when he was able-bodied like that was kind of an extraordinary thing to have done already he also sounds like he was a shithead when he was yeah he was also a very bad person Right, like at in the wedding scene, him and Lou are talking, and she's he's like, "Oh, I wish I could have met you before I was in this wheelchair." And she's like, "You wouldn't have even talked." Yeah, to me I would have been invisible. In and he's like, "Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You would have been." And I'm like, oh, wow. "Okay, Dick." <laughs> so yeah, that was me before you by Jojo Moyes. <laughs> Which also, what is what is the title? What is it? What? That's a good question. I guess is what? it is who's, me who's the me who's the Lou. you me is Lou, and you is Will. So she it's literally saying she's more important than Will. Me well, I think it's more like me how I was before I met you. No, I think no, that's what she's going for based on the other no. titles. <laughs> that is not 
at all. Like it because it barely goes into her life before him. Exactly. It's, it's I mean it's the, too boring. Uh, ugh, whatever. Well, and can we also talk about like her boyfriend Patrick and Oh yeah, his... yeah. She she breaks up with him or he breaks up with her because he realizes she's in love with Will. They break up with and each other. He... Yeah, I don't he gets really weirded <sighs> out by the idea of her going on this expensive trip with Will. And she's of course upset because he doesn't understand how important this trip is. So she tells him right. about what Will is planning on doing. And so I don't know if it was just like in some petty like retaliation yes. to her breaking up with him, but he calls the newspaper and the media and tells them about what Will's going to do. And because his family is prominent in their town and their city, it's like a huge deal. Yeah. Um well and again, um Again, this is like a character doing something just to kind of advance the plot. Yeah. And not like not it, it didn't any make reason. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh what's her name? Lou's Trina. Yeah, Lou's sister Trina calls Patrick and was like, How much did they give you to for this story? And he's just like, Oh, I didn't do anything, I promise. And then that's like it. Like, no like Yeah, incidentally, do we actually know if he did it or not? There was a long enough pause to give Trina the oh, okay. <laughs> so we don't yeah. we don't know actually we really don't it was just yeah I think it was just it's kind of like the um uh, uh, one of our very early episodes the Chris Harrison episode mm-hmm. where the boyfriend in that seems perfectly fine just not suited to the main character yeah. but then after the breakup he does something terrible in order to justify the breakup I yeah, think it's kind of like they that. wanted to make him look like a bad guy which is I mean it's totally fine for a book to have a narrative where, especially if the female main character is supposed to be getting together with another male character, to say, like, we naturally drifted apart and decided it was mm-hmm. in our best interest to not be together anymore. Why does there have to be this huge, dramatic, like, right. thing? Well, and and here's the other thing with this book. I kept forgetting about Patrick. Oh, entirely. yeah. Like, they would bring up Patrick his name. I'd be like, Patrick who? Oh, who? okay. Who? Yeah. Neville. Her? <laughs> what did you like about this book? Ugh. Silver lining. Well... I know it's kind of a cop-out to say, because I feel like we say this about a lot of books, that we don't have anything else nice to say about it. But, like, I mean, it was easy to read. It was well-written. Uh, <laughs> but we say that about all of them. So let me try and think of something something different. Um, It was fine. <laughs> Here's, I think, I, I mean, I've already said I liked a lot of this book. Uh-huh. Um, the ending made me not like the earlier part, mm-hmm. but if I had stopped at the beach, I would have been like, this book was fine. Yeah. But I do think it did a good job of kind of depicting the sort of everyday struggles that you don't really think about. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. For someone with a disability, which in the end was not a good thing because it made it see it, it was like it was trying it was to like justify everything is a hassle. Right, everything's a hassle. Might as well kill yeah. myself. But like, yeah, um, but I do think that that I I appreciated that it didn't like try to gloss over that or yeah, yeah, it didn't try to glamorize. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't try to glamorize that that his disability either, which right would have also been another like a bigger problem to deal with. I guess <laughs> I don't know bigger, but just another. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. What's and yeah, and and I guess I like I I, I kind of liked the character of Mrs. Trainer of Will's mom. 
I thought. Oh, see, I hated did her. Did you? See, I, 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 I do agree. It was her. really shitty of her not to tell Lou um, the full story when they were hired. But I think we got a really good glimpse of someone watching their child go through this and feeling helpless and wanting wanting what's best for your child. But what's best for them is like your worst case scenario ever, you know, and and yeah, I, watching her kind of fall apart at the seams. I think she was a good character. I just found her personality so oh, fucking annoying. Yeah. That I, I wouldn't have wanted her to be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, was she the person that you related to the most? No. Who was that? I think it was Georgina. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, if I was in this story, I'd be like, yeah, that Lou girl. She's just using our family money. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'd be kind of suspicious of Lou as well, and, uh, I don't know. I think, I think she just in that kind of just encapsulated a lot of the feelings I had. It was just, like, a lot of anger at Will. Like, she's angry at Will. Not the reason why she was angry at Will, but the fact that she just didn't seem to like Will very much, and everyone else loved him. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, Georgina, get on board with that. (laughs) Yeah, in a similar vein, I think my pick was whatever his ex-girlfriend's name was, Alicia. Alicia or something, yeah. Because, first off, I think she did her best. She was like, I've only been dating this guy for six months, but I'm gonna try to make it work. Mm -hmm. And then she quickly became disillusioned with his bullshit and left, which is kind of where I ended up at the end of it. Yeah, he was not a romantic character at all, in the least bit. No. Which it's funny, like, in the reviews for the sequels, people are like, Oh, it's like what happens after Elizabeth, like if Elizabeth Bennett was writing a book after Darcy died. I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, no. Mm, Rose. That's not a relationship dynamic you should aspire to. Like, I don't understand this. Like, he was so derogatory towards Lou. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like they obviously and I mean, like Lou says, you wouldn't have paid attention to me before the wheelchair thing. They would not end up together if they were not captive audiences to each other. Yeah, yeah. If he could not leave because he was literally stuck in one place, mm-hmm. and she could not leave because she needed the money. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and then he tries to throw some bullshit line at the end of the book where he was like, you've captivated me since the day I met you. And I was like, no, she didn't. You lies. hated her. Revisionist you history. You hated her. Well, what would you have rather been reading then? I, I had trouble with this one. I tried to find, uh, like, another book that had to do with disability or something like uh-huh. that, and I could not find one that I liked. So, which incidentally is probably because the vast majority of books that have to do with disability are written by able-bodied yeah, authors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a serious community that's in need of... Own voices. Uh, own voices, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But the book that this kind of reminded me the most of was an author that I was like really, really into in my younger days, mm-hmm. which was, and I'm going to mangle her last name because I always do. Jody Picoult. Picoult? Oh yeah. Pic- Picoult. Picoult. I don't know. I know who you're Pickles. talking about. Jody Pickles. Jody Pickles. Um, who I don't read her so much anymore, mm-hmm. but when I was like 14, 15, I was like, Ooh, these books are so edgy. <laughs> I'm such an adult. Um, uh-huh. Cause like all of her books are, essentially around some sort of moral quandary that gets wrapped into a legal quandary Mm. and there's usually a lot of emotional stuff and someone dies at the end usually okay um i've never read a jody picoult 
novel. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't know if I would recommend them because it's been so long since I've read uh-huh. any of them. I don't know if they hold up, but I really, really liked them in my teenage years. And this kind of gave me the same feeling, although this was more romance and romance heavy. Mm-hmm. And she deals more with um, legal sort of drama. But it was that same sort of like emotionalism. Yeah, and yeah. Big moral question sort of thing, but wrapped in a pretty simplistic like plot mm-hmm. so really any of her books uh i really like mercy i really like salem falls i liked my sister's keeper was okay that's the only one i've um, heard of i think yeah yeah and that's the one i got made into a movie oh that's why I've heard um that. starring the fannings uh uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah yeah so that was that was kind of what i was thinking of when i was reading this okay and so i guess i'd rather have read that but i really didn't mind reading this too much so yeah, that's I fair. Was, I was until the last 20%. <laughs> um, what about you? What's your pick this this fortnight? Um, I kind of went a different route with it, and I was looking for a book that was completely opposite because, as mm. I said before, I don't... You hated yeah, it. Yeah, I don't... Well, that. And also, <laughs> I don't like emotions. And so... <laughs> or at least complex emotions. I can do anger and happiness pretty well. But <laughs> so I went with a book that never fails to make me happy every single time I read it. I love it. You love it too. Dark Light of Dark Home by Diana Wynn Jones. Yes! Such a good book. It's so good. Um, I read it for it's the so first good. time probably 20 years ago. Oh my God. I love that book. It is. That was like one of the first books we bonded over. I think so. Yes. It's so, yeah. it's so good. So good. I I Everything still read it. I can read it as an adult and still find new things to love about it because it's just mm, I love it. Sequel not Which so by, much, but I I like the sequel. What is it? Year of the um, Griffin. Year of the Griffin, yeah. yeah. Um, which we should say author Diana Wynne Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also the author of Howl's Moving Castle, which yeah. is a Miyazaki film, but the book is very very different, and I love both equally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she has a lot of really lot really of- great books. Yes, yes a lot of really good children's books um and this one i just liked because it did a lot um it worked a lot with fantasy tropes so basically takes place in a world where people from what we would call the normal world like mine mine and your world go to a fantasy world on vacation and pay to have basically a fantasy novel experience where they go through and they have to fight villains and they have to find a treasure and they, you know, they, they meet the, the classic, uh, like, fortune teller character. Seer. Seer, yeah. And, and there's, <laughs> like, armies that fight and do battle and stuff. And you can even, if you really don't like one of your family members, pay to have them killed in, in one of these, like, combat simulations. So, yeah, it just, it did a lot. And, and, and the, uh, the main character of this book is very incompetent he is chosen as being the dark lord which is like the big bad evil guy of the fantasy tours that every tour group vanquishes at the end um they've chosen him and he is very ill-suited for the job and so hijinks ensue but it's it's just so it's so good i love it i would really recommend it to anyone of any age um but if you are a younger reader especially it was very formative book for me Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Man, oh man, I'm gonna have to go reread that now. I know, I know. (laughs) It's going on the pile, the pile. Uh, Back to the top. (laughs) Oh man, Uh, did we have anything else we need to talk about with this book, or have we beaten it to death? Nah, I think that's it. I mean, you might. I think you would like this book if you were someone who was looking for, you know, that that tearjerker 
kind of book that ultimately has a kind of uplifting ending. Here's my recommendation. From what I can see, she's a good writer. Mm -hmm. Go read one of her other books that doesn't have weird disability issues. I haven't read any of them, but I actually I was looking at Ship of Brides. It looks like it might be pretty good. Maybe go check that one out. Um, Yeah. It wasn't poorly written at all. I mean, Um, it's highly rated. It's obviously a very popular novel. Yeah. Um... This might be somebody's favorite book. Yeah, I don't know. probably is. Sorry. <laughs> sorry for... for ruining your favorite sorry. book. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry, though. Get... Hashtag we did nothing Like wrong. better books. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not here to yuck your yum. If you liked it, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, before we get into your challenge for yes. next week, we should say real quick. Next week is next going to Fortnite. be another rewind. Yep. Sorry. Next fortnight is going to be another rewind episode. So just like the last episode, which was Anna's most hated early childhood book, Mm -hmm. we're going to be doing my most hated early childhood book next fortnight, which is Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator by Roald Dahl. Uh, So Anna is now going to offer a challenge that is going to be the episode two episodes episodes from now. So episode 16. Yes. So you guys have plenty of time to read along if you so choose. <laughs> yes, though I don't think this book will take that long. Um, oh, I know. Great. I know that we have a rule where we're not supposed to go over four hundred pages, but this book. Okay. This book for it's four hundred and six. So I hope you'll forgive is me. Is this a picture book? No, How no, no, is no, this no, not no, gonna no. Not going to take that long. Four hundred six pages. No, it's it's more a, one of those books that has very short chapters, and so a lot of the pages are like okay. three lines of text on the page, and then you turn it, and it's. Okay. Doesn't Arnie sound great? Um, the book is entitled Honeymoon, the first book in the Honeymoon series by James Patterson. Oh, boo. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> um Ugh. it's a it's it's a mystery thriller. I'll go ahead and just get into the no. Goodread synopsis here. How does it feel to be desired by every man and envied by every woman? wonderful this is the life Nora Sinclair has dreamed about the life she's worked hard for the life she will never give up she doesn't just attract men she enthralls them so why is FBI agent John O'Hara interested in Nora Sinclair mysterious things happen to people around her especially the men and there is something dangerous about Nora something that lures O'Hara at the same time that it fills him with fear Is something dark hidden in the gaps of her past? As O'Hara spends more and more time getting to know her, is he pursuing justice or his own fatal obsession? I could tell by the look on your face, you are already loving this Black Widow narrative. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait. I (laughs) I have never read a James Patterson book in my life, and I don't want to start now. So that's about it for this fortnight's episode. Before we go, though, Anna, did we get any fan mail this fortnight? We did. We got Yay! a fan mail. Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> yes, this comes to us from one of my friends from Germany. Hi, Steph. <laughs> We're going to read your email out loud on the air. I'm going to say live, but nope. It's not live. <laughs> it's, it's several months in advance. <laughs> Oh, Steph says, hi, I'm so nervous to talk to the Hate Read podcast cast. So here's your first fan mail. 
Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you get flooded with these. Anyway, here's cats. And he's included a picture of his adorable kittens. Yay! Yay. I love the picture of cats. Everybody <laughs> please send me pictures of your cats. Yeah, or any pet, really. Any pet, yeah. yeah. Um, And you're right. That was our actual first fan mail because I'm not counting anything Michael has sent in as fan mail. What? But he's our number one oh, fan. Oh, shoot. I guess technically mail from our number one fan would probably count as fan mail, but we can't we can't alienate the biggest part of our fan base. Listen, I think responsible for most of our <laughs> listens, your husband. Um He also yeah, he also and if you guys want to join him is rating our uh podcast five stars every week on iTunes. <laughs> every fortnight, excuse me. Join him in that so he's no longer our number one fan, so I don't have to consider his emails fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for the, the fan yeah, mail you, and the picture of cats. We loved it. There there was another email from Michael. Oh, was there? I thought we already read that one. No. he Well, he sent oh. a link. It's just a link. And I think it's more directed at you than me. But he did. He sent us a link to an article entitled 10 Misogynistic Novels Every Woman Should Read for Our Perusal. Mm. So, hmm, hmm mm. is right. <laughs> mm. All right. So, well. again, be like Michael. Send us your book suggestions so we don't have to mention him anymore on this podcast. Right, right. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us book suggestions or if you want to tell us how the Me Before You series wraps up, because mm-hmm. we're probably not going to bother reading it, um, you can tweet at us at HateReadCast on Twitter mm-hmm. or you can email us hatereadcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. we are on all kinds of platforms now so please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting aggregator or itunes where you can rate us and leave a review because we don't have enough reviews yet to have an average review see you haters later in the words of jojo moyes she was still hissing at him Sai <laughs> sans believe it Sai sans believes you should even think of it what do you why does no one know what hissing is <laughs> beautiful i do that is a good question though maybe we'll have a whole episode on on hissing in novels on yeah. hissing without s's <laughs> sentences that are hissed without s's oh my god it's becoming a theme Sorry, someone is literally outside honking jingle bells right now. <laughs> or like the rhythm of jingle bells. That's not a car alarm. That's just someone honking. I wish whoever's attention they're trying to catch would uh, go out there. <laughs>